0: I was going to, I was actually going to not speak for about the first two minutes and just have two minutes of silence because, in tribute to the Bucs, who took two minutes before they started working tonight, I thought that we were going to do the same thing. But Milwaukee go down to the Bulls (laughs) in game two. And some of the problems that we thought that might be easily fixed from game one were not fixed. And the reality is the Bucs are lucky not to be 0-2 heading back to Chicago. But we've got plenty to talk about from this game, including injuries to Chris Milton, to Bobby Portis. It could be a dark night if you're a Bucs fan, because this was not a fun game to watch. The series is tied 1-1, so let's get into it.
1: Maxim him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning.
0: and you can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also post-game during uh, on the weekends during the playoffs. And uh, my other work's over at ESPN. Joining me, uh, following in the footsteps of the great man Frank Madden, it's Mitchell Maurer, also from Brew Hoop, now a Californian resident and a, a, a semi-regular on this show. Probably not enough, but what we're doing tonight is taking advantage of the Pacific time zone. Uh, Frank's traveling, by the way. I should say that uh, Frank... As we know, sometimes after a loss, and I would assume Frank would be a little bit grumpy right now, but he's not boycotting the podcast. He's traveling, but luckily for us, we've got Mitchell Maurer here. And look, we try and make a little bit of a joke to start this podcast because there wasn't too many fun or funny things about this game too, if you're a Bucs fan.
1: Very little. Um, I mean, where do we start? Where do we even start with everything that went wrong in this loss to Chicago in game two of the first round? of the playoffs Mm. the first round a home loss nonetheless um first and foremost chris middleton goes out in the third quarter with what the team dubbed uh knee soreness left knee soreness i don't have any idea what that actually means uh he stayed in for a little bit before leaving and getting walked to the locker room i mean they didn't show a replay i am i'm not an expert i don't know what happened to him but if chris Middleton is hurt that's a much bigger deal than losing game two of this first-round series. But as for the game itself, the first two minutes were awful, just absolutely awful, just poor shot selection, turnover after turnover. The first half really followed pretty closely that same script. There were a couple of points where the Bucks got it close, actually tied it up at one point. But just sloppy, sloppy basketball, poor execution. Chicago was amped up for the game because, of course, they were. They played hard. They played physical. They dared the refs to make them stop playing physical. The refs didn't. They don't think Chicago did anything dirty. Maybe Tristan Thompson was a little wanton with his elbows that ended up putting Bobby Portis out of the game with an eye abrasion, which sounds very painful. Hmm. Um, Giannis almost brought the team back by putting them on his back, and Drew Holiday showed up towards the end of the game. Wes Matthews had a good game. So those are those are the main takeaways, but more bad than good tonight.
0: Yeah, I think that question. And the one thing on, on the physicality, I'll say I agree. I think it has been a relatively physical series so far. But I actually think that that suits the Bucs. I think they're a, a physical defensive team. So I don't really have a major problem with that. But uh, what I will say is I, the, the big question for me after game one was that for Chicago, it felt like a huge missed opportunity. So the question was, were they going to be able to replicate the effort that they had in Game 1? Because we've seen this before, and we saw it last year with Miami. We spoke about it a lot. Mm-hmm. The Game 1 had a very similar feel to last year, and Miami weren't able to replicate it. And the Bucs felt like they were a little bit sharpened up after struggles in Game 1 in that series. It wasn't the case here, and when you turn the ball over, I mean, if you look at the the straight-up numbers, you say, okay, well, 21 turnovers down to 15. You may say that's progress. But again, some of these turnovers were just unforgivable. Bad. Just head-scratching. Can't figure out what they're trying to do or who they're trying to pass the ball to. And this is the big thing for me. The Bucs were pretty awful. I actually thought they had a decent second half, but the first half was absolutely awful. I think the second half was pretty good. Defensively, I thought they did enough. We can get into the way they guarded DeMar DeRozan. He was just an absolute flamethrower. That's going to happen. He's a great player. But I thought that the Bucs put themselves in a chance to win. But every time that they looked like they were about to snatch this game, which they absolutely didn't deserve, there was the, the Pat Connor and turnover who, who throws it and misses Drew Holiday by several meters. There's an inability to get an offensive rebound on two occasions when, they, when it was down to a one-possession game. Uh, it was Drew Holiday missing an absolute bunny when they're down five with a couple of minutes to go so every single time it looked like the bucks were somehow going to steal this and like the bulls were trying to give them the game i have to say and the bulls deserve a lot of credit for the way they're played but the bucks could have won this game if they just Mm -hmm. did the things that you literally need to do to win a playoff game so they'll walk off tonight and they've only got themselves to blame there's no doubt about that
1: yeah even regardless of the fact that Chris Middleton wasn't in the game for the entire fourth quarter, leaving with that knee injury. But, to your point, they got close enough where they credibly yeah. had a threat to come back and win the game, but they couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't stop. They threw the, throwing the ball out of bounds from the top of the key.
0: Yeah, like, that was the yellow one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, like, the miss, what was the, hold on, let me look at the, the free throw numbers. Chicago had 15 free throws. They made 14. So that's a really good night. Only 15 attempts. Block had 31 attempts. They made 20
0: yeah, of them. Yeah.
1: So just, just in game one, Giannis gets to the line a ton, 18 free throws tonight, only makes 11. That's, you know, say over 60%, so not as bad as it has been in the past, but still a far sight worse than it was over the course of this regular season where he showed some pretty remarkable improvement. Just too many opportunities left right there on the table untouched. And if you're going to do that against a good team, Chicago is a good team. A lot of us, myself included, were probably a little bit too cavalier with how we treated this series, talking about how, you know, it was going to be a sweep and how the Bulls didn't have anything for Giannis, this and that. Like, the Bulls played hard. They played their game. They did an excellent job with their defensive activity, shutting off driving lanes to Giannis and recovering onto shooters and – I didn't have to force the Bucs to make many mistakes tonight. The Bucks made enough of their own. So the Bulls defense looks good, even though the Bucks really propped up their defense with all those unforced turnovers. But even even still, they did what they had to do to play physical, still within what the refs were willing to allow. I'm not saying that the refs did a bad job or that the Bulls are playing dirty. Like that's just this is the playoffs. This is we just went through this nine months ago against Brooklyn. And Atlanta and Phoenix, like this team knows what it takes and they didn't show up consistently tonight and they lost Bobby early, they lost Chris late and and there we are. And now we have to look into game three on Friday and hope for good news on the health front so that the Bucks can go to the United Center and take back momentum.
0: Yeah, you always like to snuff out any hope for the opposition, and that's what game twos generally are. If you have a game one that's scrappy and you get the win and you're the home team, then it's like, okay, game two is the time to put your foot down in the first half and make sure that they're very well aware that they're not going to be in this series, and that was where the Bucs were absolutely awful tonight in the first half. We'll get into it a bit more. I want to talk about our friends at Bet Online, and it'll be interesting to look at the championship odds or the NBA finals odds, uh, what happens here, because you talk about Chris Middleton and, The one thing that we know uh, in any championship race, there's usually injuries that tilt the scales of who's going to be the favorites, who can make a deep run. We saw it with Phoenix yesterday. They lose to the eight seed, New Orleans Pelicans, Devin Booker hurts his hamstring. And all of a sudden at betonline.net, the Suns no longer the favorites in the West. The Warriors are the favorites. And that's how quickly this could change. It'll be interesting to see uh, where the Bucs lie uh, tomorrow. Prior to the game tonight, the Bucs were plus four, 75. So they actually moved out. They were plus 450 uh, prior to game one. So uh, the Warriors came in from plus 700 to plus 275. But you can check out all the odds at betonline.net as well as baseball and any other sport that you might be into. You might have some hockey fans listening to Lockdown On Bucks. But BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's BetOnline. Uh, where the game starts so we do have an update just as we're live here doing the podcast so Mike budenholzer says chris milton has a sprained mcl on his left knee which uh, doesn't sound great now i i don't know what the timeline of that is but when you're talking about a playoff run and and a short turnaround to the next game and the rest of the series Uh, we'll see how he recovers. And I think the timeline for that type of injury can be different, but there's a very real possibility the Bucs aren't going to have Chris Milton for the rest of the first round at at least. So yeah, the takeaway is that this is legitimately starting to get pretty serious for the Bucs here after only two games. And I think when you look at the game that DeMar DeRozan played, because you spoke about prior to the series, what and a lot of people were predicting a sweep. A lot of people were predicting five games. The reason why I wasn't willing to do that was because a lot of the times when you're playing a series where there's a heavy favorite, the reason is because the team that they're playing has never, ever got to the level. But the Bulls mm-hmm. did at the start of the season. We've seen them play to a level that that will have them near the top of the standings. Now, they struggled against most of the top teams in the league. There's no doubt about that. But overall in close games, their clutch numbers were virtually identical to the Bucs and they were both in the top three in the NBA. And the reason for that is DeMar DeRozan. And he had 41 points tonight, 16 for 31. And this is the problem. If you're going to go into halftime down double digits, the Bucs can get back in the game. And Giannis was dominant. They were plus one with Giannis on the floor in this game. But when they've got a guy that can get a shot literally whenever he wants, then bridging that double digit gap is just a very difficult thing to do. We spoke about the fouls and trying not to foul DeMar DeRozan a lot prior to this series, and I think we saw a devastating stretch during the third quarter where he was just going bucket on Giannis, bucket on Giannis, bucket on Giannis. And if you watch it, it was very clear to me, at least, that it looked like Giannis just really was conscious of not fouling DeMar DeRozan. Yep. and it was almost hands by his side. I'm not going to. I'm not going to reach in and foul you. DeMar DeRozan isn't going to miss those shots. And I think for players that weren't Wesley Matthews and Drew Holiday, we saw at the end, was a little bit more physical. But those guys were a little bit more up in him. But I think some of the other guys, when they got caught on DeMar, I think they are too focused on not fouling him. And they're just giving this guy warm-up mid-range shots. And when he's as hot as he was, he's 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 walking into those shots. And he's not going to miss those. No,
1: not at all. So I've been going to the gym more often lately since – you know, there've been, I, right. Do I look better? I feel, yes. I feel a little bit yes, better. You do. Thank you, Kane. Appreciate it. Glad this is on video now that I'm looking <laughs> a little bit better. But so I go to a gym that has an indoor court. And so I'm taking warm up shots where I'm just stepping into it. And I feel pretty good where I can make three, four, five in a row from that elbow area because I'm just stepping into it. It's a very comfortable rhythm and there's nothing in my way because there's nobody else in the gym when I'm doing it. In a playoff game, when you're being defended by a defensive player of the year candidate, but you know, he's trying not to avoid fouls, which is what plagued his playtime time in game one. Like, DeMar DeRozan has been in the league for far too long to let those previous demons from his Toronto days get in his head anymore. Like, this guy is going to take his shots and make his shots. He certainly did that tonight. And when all the other complementary players around him are also playing at a high level, not just on offense, but also on defense, like it doesn't matter that this Bulls team is relatively small. They have one playoff level big in Vucevic and that like Tristan Thompson, I'm not going to call a playoff level big. Some <laughs> of the stuff that he's been up to is goes without saying. Let's just let's we'll withhold comment on that because we don't want this to be an hour long podcast about Tristan Thompson of all people. But Giannis did everything he could to keep the Bucs in this game tonight. And, like, he can't do everything. Somebody needs to help him. And if, if it just, just taking care of the ball on offense. It really comes back to just that. If the Bucs could cut their turnovers, their unforced turnovers, down by even half, this game could have a wildly different outcome. It might have still been close. The Bucks would have been able to maintain control and stop giving the Bulls so many extra possessions. Milwaukee took 83 field goals tonight. The Bulls took 89, which is still pretty low figures. But giving the other team six additional shots when they're also hitting like crazy from three, 48 percent from three, they're making all of their free throws. They're protecting the ball a lot better than you are. Like it, it just it just puts the Bucs in a really tough position to win this one game. And now when we go forward in the series and Chris Milton is not going to be available because of that MCL screen, and we look at the wing options, we've got Wes, we've got Pat Connaughton. I think we have to prepare for seeing a lot of Brook, Bobby, Giannis front court lineups because there's just not a lot of options at this level.
0: And the biggest thing is they don't have a guy who can hit an outside shot late in the game. Of course, Drew Holiday looks like he was getting himself into position to at least be the guy to take those shots, but it didn't, it wasn't lost on me. And this is why I've been so pissed off about some of the, the conversation around Chris Milton, because we saw it in the third quarter. We saw it uh, in this game tonight where such a strange first half from Chris Milton, where he just wasn't really shooting. and And yeah. it was almost a throwback to the days when I used to, and I haven't criticized him a lot, but I used to get frustrated that he would go through games where he'd only have eight shots. And it's like, well... If you're going to miss shots, fine. But you have to be the guy that's taking these shots. He wasn't doing it in the first half. He looked a little bit out of sorts. uh, But once he started shooting in the third quarter, he was really knocking them down. And so late in the game, again, when Drew Holiday had that attempt, I think it would have to bring it back to two or to tie the game, one of the two, he missed it badly. And look, Drew Holiday had a great shooting season this year. Maybe he will be a guy we have seen him in the past. When someone's been out, he has stepped up in a huge, huge way. They're absolutely going to need him to. Uh, But without Chris, they just don't have that guy that has hit so many clutch shots for this team, whether it's from the mid-range, whether it's from three, genuinely a guy that can get his own bucket. So that hurt them late in this game tonight. Uh, But they're going to need Drew Holiday to step up. There's no question about that because uh, tonight he finished six for 16, but... It was a pretty poor night, I would have to say, from Drew Holiday overall. He looked to me, he missed that bunny that I mentioned, his brick and threes when they needed him to score, just some terrible turnovers. He was completely out of sorts. So, I look, I thought the, the first game might be an aberration. But right now, uh, if you are the Bucs and you have no Chris Milton, he'll get this MRI on Thursday. We'll find out the extent of the damage. But again, uh, brace yourself for some bad news uh, with that one. We'll see and cross our fingers. Uh, the Bucs are. Hey, lucky they got home court advantage in the first round, huh? because they might need it with five games to go in this series. They'll obviously have a couple of them at home, but geez, they're in big, big trouble. And I think the only way uh, to fix this is to eat built Bars, Mitchell. And that's what everyone should be doing tonight. If you're feeling sad after the Bucks lost this game, then go grab a built Bar and eat it. Uh, whatever flavor you're into, the coconut, the almond, the cookies and cream. They're all covered in chocolate. They're all delicious, and they're all healthy for you as well. So you know, if you're not feeling great, you're feeling a little bit down about your sports team, then at least eat something healthy. Uh, do yourself a favor in that regard, and you can do that with a Built Bar. If there's, uh, if there's a flavor that they want to try, then you know Built Bar is going to get the flavor done right first, and then afterwards they're going to figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they continue to do it, but they pull it off every time. So go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. What else you got, Mitchell? Look, this will be a little bit of a shorter podcast and we've got tomorrow to probably have some results with Chris Milton and to continue to dissect this. Uh, But what else do you need to see from this team or what else bothered you from tonight's performance? So
1: I think that one of the things that bothers me the most is that, and and I look to myself for this more than anything in terms of how I treat this playoffs, this series, the regular season we just got done with, what happened before doesn't matter anymore. It just doesn't. And I don't mean that the experience that the team went through last year and last postseason winning the championship. That that there is absolutely some after effects in terms of the psychological impact of these players knowing that they can in fact do this and they can be put in a tough position and still find a way to succeed. There is a certain level of, it can't be measured. It can't really be articulated, but you know it when you see it. And we saw it a bunch of times in the regular season, but what was done before doesn't matter. The Bulls' record against good teams this regular season doesn't matter. What matters is what's right there in front of you. We've heard a lot from Giannis over the last couple of years about his philosophy and efforts to remain mindful and stay living in the moment. And that's precisely what this Bucks team needs to do. They didn't do that tonight. There's a bunch of different reasons. There's a bunch of different like tactical uh, details that could be dissected in terms of what precisely Milwaukee did wrong or what they did right. Like, Brooke Lopez had a great night alongside Giannis this evening. They did a good job finding him in his spots, particularly in the second half, to get him in a position to score when they desperately needed somebody to be in a position to score, particularly because of how much they were walling off Giannis. But like, the margin for error is gone. There is no more margin for error, even if Chris Middleton avoids any sort of significant injury that has him out for an extended period of time. Like, this is not just the playoffs. Like, every game has to be treated like it is do or die because effectively it is. If they just mess around the way that they were at the very beginning of this game and for much of the first half. They're not going to be successful, even if they do end up beating the Bulls in the series. Because even without Chris, they have an overall advantage and they have home court advantage. They should be able to beat Chicago in this series. That's a problem. This is just the first round. There is a long way to go. And they are not going to go very far on that path playing the way they did tonight.
0: Hey, even last year in last year's championship run we we waited till after game 1 of the second round to have the first crisis podcast. I wasn't expecting to have the first crisis podcast after game 2 of the first round. This is this is taking me back to the bubble a little bit. This is a slightly concerning. And by the way, Nikola Vujicic also a part of that team as well. So I'm having some bad flashbacks. Yeah, he hit some big shots on the night. Uh, they are going to continue to I think, be comfortable with him shooting those threes. They'd probably rather him do, rather him doing it than a Zach Levine or a DeMar DeRozan, but uh, a lot went wrong tonight. One thing I do want to point out, because, look, obviously it was a disappointing game for the Bucs, and we understand that. Uh, Giannis was dominant. He did turn the game in the third quarter. Chris Middleton hit some of those shots. And the one thing I do want to say, uh, Pat Williams, who, look, is a young defender, came back late in the season, had a quote that was put up all over the internet tonight. He said, look, you can't be scared of Giannis. Giannis is good, but he's not God. I mean, Giannis really didn't have too many troubles with Pat Williams tonight with some of those layups and some of those dunks. And I I thought it was a brave decision from Pat Williams to throw that out there. Giannis finished with 33 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists. He was 11 for 20. It wasn't a perfect game. You mentioned the free throws that ultimately are costly. And he's a superstar of this team. He has to go back and knock those down. Uh, but overall the physical advantage is still there and that's why as you pointed to without Chris Milton you still think that the bucks are obviously a pretty good chance of of being in this series and still winning this series but you know probably didn't expect to be splitting these first two games and just a quick Google search Mitchell tells me a sprained MCL uh, anywhere from a couple of days to 10 days that's what it says uh, but they'll get this image in and which will determine any other damage in there. Bone bruising, whatever it may be. And by the way, I will say this he slipped on a wet spot. This man has already had enough bad luck with wet spots on a basketball floor. Can Oof. we cut this man a break, please?
1: Water is not his friend. Just anytime there's moisture involved, and Chris creates a lot of moisture. He's a sweaty man. It's a very sweaty guy. It's just, it's that's a tough break. Really, really hope that he's able to avoid anything significant. Um, a couple of days. Out to maybe two weeks, not the end of the world. I mean, let, let's be let's be honest. Chris Middleton, as a human, his well being and safety is what should be paramount. Oh, as no, sports no. fans, we you know might take that for granted a little bit. I still want Chris to come back as soon as it's humanly possible.
0: So, as we just look ahead at the way this series plays out, so it's every other day now. So now, now we can't get a two day break in between games. This is rigged. Absolutely rigged against the defending champions. I knew it. Uh, but uh, the next game in Chicago on f- uh, Friday, then there's a the Sunday game, uh, and then you move through to Tuesday night, Thursday night. So every other day from here on out. So uh, that does hurt in terms of recovery, depending on how he's feeling. But hopefully uh, Chris Milton's feeling a bit better tomorrow. And no doubt about it, uh, this Bucks team has got some serious thinking to do over the next couple of days. Because again, Got to give the Bulls credit. I think they've been fantastic, but this Bucs team is really hurting itself at the moment in ways that we have not seen them do, uh, certainly not in last year's postseason anyway, because they're in a fight now.
1: Absolutely. The Bulls deserve to have this series tied up at 1-1. The Bucs have played like they deserve to have the series tied up 1-1.
0: That's really all it comes down to. The Bucs might have actually had this, uh, might have actually deserved to be down zero too. So maybe we should be it's thankful awesome. that they were able to take that uh, game one there as well. But we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be able to look ahead to game three in this series with so the Bucks. It's going to be rowdy. The Bulls haven't had a home playoff game for a while, so they're walking in to an arena that is going to be very, very loud. Uh, so the pressure is going to be on early in this game. They're probably going to have to weather a storm, but they're the champs. They've been in big road situations before, so I'm sure that they will be feeling comfortable with that. But we'll see, Mitchell. We will see. I appreciate you staying up late and jumping straight on after this game. You asked me before we jumped on how much uh, cursing was allowed. And I said, look, let's just try and keep it to a minimum. I think we've done a pretty decent job. I found something else to focus (laughs) on.
1: And uh, I got to say, it's more effective than cursing.
0: I like it. That's a perfect way to finish this podcast. Uh, Let us know what your thoughts are from this game, either on Twitter, in the YouTube comments as well. And for Mitchell and myself, we'll leave it there. And uh, catch you guys tomorrow.